Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture and society to to assert a profoundly biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am in the state of South Dakota, unfortunately not joined by my friend Joseph Lasseter. Today he wasn't able to make it, uh, spending Easter with his family, so glad about that, but sorry that he's not here. But I am joined by my brother, Jacob Johnson, back in Pennsylvania. Hello. So, that's pretty awesome still. So, we're going to have some pretty awesome conversations. So, <laughs> uh, we're going to miss Joe, but glad Jake is able to join us. So, um, go to trdshow.net if you want to spread the word about this show, which, by the way, we would really love it if you could do that. Because uh, we're trying to get the... Sh- get the uh, Get the show out of the word. Get the word out about the show. There it is. <laughs> I can speak, I swear. Um, and the best way to do that is to ask you to help us spread the word about the show. So, you know, we could sink a bunch of money into ads, uh, which we've kind of done. We could uh, run some other things like that. But uh, ultimately, our audience is uh, the best way to help spread the word. So if you enjoy this content, you know, spread it. If, if, you, if you don't enjoy the, in, you know, you don't enjoy the content, then, you know, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah. uh still spread it though because we, we would really appreciate that um <laughs> but we want to hear from you send us an email go to trdshow at protonmail.com actually don't go there because it's not a place send an email to that place and then we'll get a message from you you can also go to trdshow.net scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and send us a message that way um by the way that's going to be vitally important starting in may but we're, we're going to announce this big announcement now because in may you sending us messages is going to be vitally important, okay? Starting on May, our first show episode in May, we are going to be changing up our show format entirely. Now, this is the first time since the the show's inception that we've made a huge change like this. What we're going to be doing is, instead of releasing just one episode, we're not just going to be releasing one episode a week. We're not just going to be releasing two episodes a week. We're releasing three whole episodes every week. Wow, right? And you're sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, I don't have time to sit for three hour and a half long episodes a week. What are they thinking? Well, we thought about that, um, <laughs> which is why they're not going to be three hour and a half long episodes or hour and a half, hour and 15 minute episodes like we've been trying to do, which hasn't been happening. They're going to be three half hour episodes. So hopefully this will give you enough time to consume all of our content <laughs> if they're half hour segments. You know, we, we did a lot of talking, talking with um, Gary Damar, talking with a lot of the cross politic team. Gary Damar was super helpful, super helpful mm. in helping us figure out how we could do some of this stuff and helping us kind of plan it out a little bit. I mean, just got to give him a lot of credit here for helping us out. So think Thank you so much, Gary, for helping us with that. Um, CrossPolitik team also helped us out a ton with scheduling and um, a lot of the logistics around that. So we're, we're really thankful um, to them for their help. You know, we're, we're still kind of a brand new team here over at the mm-hmm. Reformed Dissenters. So we're still figuring things out. So when a, a bigger team that's been at this for longer than we have um, comes in and helps us out, we, we really, really appreciate all the help. So, yeah. So look forward to that. But like I said, you know, we need to hear from you. Um, we cannot do this show without an audience. Obviously, no show can have no audience, but we cannot produce the new sections and new segments that we want to produce without input from you. 
So even if you've emailed us before, even if you've commented on our videos before, send us another email. We want to hear you. If you want to send us an email every week or two emails every week, I promise you we won't email back and say, please stop sending us emails. We're going to be like, thank you, send more. <laughs> we always want to hear from you. And especially with this new segment, you're going to hear more about that next week when we talk more at length about the scheduling. But we really, really, really want to hear from our audience. So send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com, or go to our homepage and uh, trdshow.net, send us a message there. Questions you have, topics you have, things we've discussed before that you want to know more about, things that you disagree with us on. We want to hear all of it. Send us all the things, okay? So, um, this month, our theme is the realm and authority of Caesar. So, kind of talking about what is the civil government's job, but we're also breaking down what are some of the roles of some of the other governments, right? Like, what is the family government's job? What is the church government's job? What is the individual government's job, right? Self-government. But specifically, civil government. Since this month, we are reading God and Government, Volume 2, by Gary DeMar. We're going to be reading that for April and for May. So, this month, like I said, we're reading Volume 2. We read Volume 1 a couple months ago. So, um, we've got a lot to talk about. We've got some crazy current events that we're going to be talking about today. I mean, just bonkers stuff happened in the past two weeks. Um, so, well, actually, it's just past one week. Oh, my goodness. Because we did talk about current events last week. Um, but it's just literally just this week <laughs> that this stuff has happened. It's insane. So much has happened. It felt like two weeks. But we've yeah. got some cool stuff. So, stick around for that. And then also... We've got so much. We read chapters 13 and 14 in God and Government Volume 2 by Gary DeMar. Oh my word. There's so much there to talk about. So stick around for that. You don't want to miss it. Let's get started. First, we got to talk about our verse of the week. And our verse this week is uh, 1 Chronicles 29, chapter 29, verse 11. And it says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Again, that's First Chronicles 29, verse 11. So, I mean, wow. <laughs> that is like super powerful verse, right? You know, yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, the majesty, all of this, right? All that's in heaven and on earth is yours. I mean, Christ restated that. We just read, um, I don't know what you, what you guys uh, read in, in your church service today, but in our church service, we were going over Matthew 28, you know, got through to the end where, you know, Christ has all authority and, uh, you know, in heaven and on earth has been given unto me, right? This is, re, you know, restating that or pre-stating that, I guess, before Christ stated that. <laughs> uh, is pre-stating a word? If it's not a word, we should make that a word. Pre-stating makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> just attach yeah. any prefix to that, whatever. But, you know, all authority has been given to Christ. And First Chronicles, you know, all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. You know, this has been a reoccurring theme on this show is that everything is in submission to God. God gives authority, right? And we're going to be talking more about that when we get into the literature segment, right? But where does authority come from? When we want to talk about the realm and authority of Caesar, well, where does that authority come from? right? Is Caesar God? Does Caesar have his own authority from himself? No. Caesar can only get his authority from God because God, yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. All that's in heaven and on earth is yours. 
right? So really important to remember, Gary DeMar brought this up in, in his uh, chapter 13 of his book. So I was like, oh, that's, that's perfect. I mean, I think that that fits really well. So, all right. Any, anything you wanted to add, Jake, uh, to that before we moved on? Well, I mean, without without putting too much time on us, but um, without putting spending too much time on this, this is something that's really important going into the literature section, um, and especially talking about God's sovereignty, dominion, and ownership. Mm. And yeah, so I I think this is a very important verse to first understand that um, all is the Lord's, mm. and then moving into what what I I specifically will be talking about in the literature section just a brief um just a brief like statement here is that since God has ownership he then gives own since God has dominion he then gives ownership to us through the great commission mm yeah um and and through genesis where he says um to take dominion over the earth. Yep. Yep. Dominion and mandate. So, right. Exactly. Yep. And so, just like that's an important fact moving into our literature section. So yeah. Just keep that in mind. You know, don't don't uh don't forget that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Really good point. Way to tie that tie that back in there. Yeah. For sure. Um. All right. Well, let's actually. I'm gonna give it back over to you, Jake. We're gonna move into our <laughs> current events breakdown. And uh, yeah, I mean. Always, we'll have you go first. Well, I mean, the headline reads, Ron DeSantis bans, well, sorry, Ron DeSantis bans late-term abortion in Florida. Mm. As almost everybody knows, Ron DeSantis is the governor of Florida. (laughs) And um, even though this sounds good, I will explain a little bit later. Uh Uh-oh. Not not later, going into this, why this is not... Exactly the best, and it, it leads into a bigger conversation, and it depends on where you side on this, on the argument. But, um, of course, as the head- headline says, Ron DeSantis is banning late-term abortions after 15 weeks. Um, while this is not the only state to do this, to create such a ban... This one stands out because, of course, we know Florida has recently become a state that emulates Republican stances, Hmm. as, like, Ron DeSantis has been very strong recently. Um, However, most would see this ban as being a good thing. Yeah. But what seems good on the outside, when you look through the bill, it shows multiple exemptions to the ban. Hmm. Some being if the baby has Down syndrome. What? Or other, or other um, disabilities, and that's the one that I'm mainly wow. touching on here. Yeah. Um, it does not, and this is an interesting one. Which typical bills like this give, um, they give leniency towards rape, but this one doesn't. Oh, really? So right. Wow. Um, but yeah, but mostly I want to I want to focus on here. Down syndrome and other disabilities. Hmm. So, basically, this bill is claiming that if a baby has a flaw, it is allowed to be murdered. <laughs> yep. Which, which is is crazy to me. I, I don't mean to interject, but it's well, it's yeah. crazy to me because that's literally one of the things that they say 
abortion is like good for right that they'll they'll say well i mean that that, that that's their big push on uh, liberals baby baby haters people who want to mur- murder babies that's what they say is well you don't want people with down syndrome to be in the world right you don't want these these people to propagate and then we'll have more of these people you know like don't we want to just stop it now it, it's the whole eugenics um i think it's eugenics i'm probably using that word out of context but i'm going to use a hitler reference here right that's what he did was he wanted to make a, a, the Aryan race, the, the perfect race of people. So kill off all the people who have um, defections, as he would call them, right? Yeah. Whereas from a Christian worldview, we understand that all of these people are created in the image of God. And I'm sure you're going to yeah. get to a lot of that later. But sure. it's yeah. just like, really, that's what it's been forever. And now this is it's doing nothing to stop that? Like, what does this bill do? Like, <laughs> Yeah, Ian, and again, as as was brought up multiple times in, in me researching this, um, in discussing this with other people, um, it was it was brought up the question of well, no, the the whole thing of if you allow exceptions, then there's gonna be those doctors out there who are gonna take those exec- uh sorry, exceptions and are going to use them no matter what the actual problem is. So yep. the baby, they they abort the baby um because the the um the person doesn't want that baby anymore. Yeah. And they but claim the doctor they puts down, down yeah. right. Yeah, and then claim they have down syndrome or something. And and so you're you're going to have those people like that. Hmm. And and so if you allow any exception exemptions, then there's going to be doctors anyways doing it no matter what, you know? And yep. so it's, it's a little bit like it, in, to take a stronger stance is going to work out better. Yeah. Right? And so, and that's, and that's moving into the discussion of whether or not we um just incrementalism or or we go full blown into into getting rid of it yeah. you know not yeah. not um compromising on it right and when you recognize that it's murder you know i imagine this right. was what they consider a person a full grown person right, right. Now, i consider that a person too but i also consider the baby a person <laughs> it's my point i'm not saying a full grown person isn't a person whatever um (laughs) but imagine that a full-grown person murder was somehow being legalized for them right Mm -hmm. could Mm -hmm. you imagine like (laughs) like genocide in in china even the left is up in arms about the uyghurs be you know being murdered in droves by the chinese government right so even that's not okay to them could you imagine if there was a law that said that was okay like right they're not happy with it then what makes it any different when babies who are far more innocent, far more, far less, uh, far more helpless, can't defend themselves. The Uyghurs at this point, unfortunately, can't either. Um, why is it okay here, but not okay here, right? How about yeah. murder is wrong, period? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure we have laws on the book against murder. Why don't they apply mm-hmm. to babies too? Yeah, and, and yeah. And talk, and I have a verse coming up that talks about that point. Um, but I, I mean, coming into this whole 
um, into this, into talking about this, uh, a question arises, and I want to bring that question up just just to answer it. And is is the killing of babies with Down syndrome or other disabilities wrong in a biblical interpretation? So I'm using in order for me to um, formulate my argument and stuff. I'm using a court system. Um, ordering system. Okay. And so oh, it, like it helps week. me. Right, exactly. Cool. So, I mean, in answering this question in like a very short general answer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the killing of babies with disabilities is wrong in biblical interpretation. Now, now we move into my reason behind this. Nice. Um, and of course, the very first um, verse you bring up is Exodus 20, verse 13, thou shalt not murder, mm. right? Yep. And, and the argument against this is that, well, the baby isn't this, this fetus, they, were, they would rather use a Latin term, yeah, which still means English. baby. Let's speak English here, people. Exactly. But, like, they, they want to call this other than a baby, because yep. they don't want you to believe that this is a human life, mm-hmm. yet. They, but... But that this isn't a baby, so killing it is not murder. <laughs> to which I have an even more convincing verse that speaks to this topic a little bit more directly. And that would be Psalms 139, verses 13 through 16, Ooh. which says, For you formed my inward parts, mm. you, are knitted, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearful and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when when as yet there was none of them. Hmm. So this... This verse shows God's immense, first of all, God's immense care that he takes in creating life. Hmm. Oh, sorry. That wasn't supposed to be bulleted. That's, that's the statement. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so not only is a baby a human life before it even enters the womb, but it is a life that is intricately designed. Hmm. Right? So as this verse shows... God created the baby before he was even in the womb. Yeah. Right? Moving into the last verse, to show my point, um, and this verse can be found in Matthew 18, 14. And it reads, So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a pretty clear <laughs> statement right there. Yep. Doesn't get any more obvious than that. Yeah. Yep. So, basically, to conclude, as we have seen through Psalms 139, 13 through 16, the human life begins before it even enters the womb. Hmm. So, killing a baby in the womb, no matter what age, is considered murder as defined by the Bible. <clears throat> right? Yep. To which we find the verse, Exodus twenty thirteen which clearly states that murder is wrong. Hmm. 
And not only is it a crime to do so, but Leviticus 24.17 says, Whoever takes a human life shall surely be put to death. Hmm. Yep. The killing of an innocent baby, no matter how old and no matter in what condition, is a crime punishable by death. Yep. Yep. Very good. Dude. That was that was great. And you fit like perfectly in the time slot. That was good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Spot yeah. on. Good verses to draw from. Um, yeah, that's really important. Really important and, to remember. Um, I have links to all the other um bills. Oh. So if you want to look them over. Yeah, because um, there were like four states that this past week to two weeks did the same sort of thing. Yeah. And they were all Florida, fairly Kentucky. Similar. Yeah, Florida, Kentucky, California, and Oklahoma. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, one thing I'll just add, because we do have just a little bit more time we can fill before I move on. Um, one thing that I'll add is is that at least our base, right, on, on our side that's, that's pushing some of these things, we would call Republican, even though I don't consider myself a Republican, at least they're pushing... And they kind of understand that this is important to their base, right? You've just demonstrated that they don't, it's not, it's not important enough that they would Mm -hmm. ban it entirely, right? And unfortunately, I think there's stipulations on that, but they at least recognize that the base cares about this issue and they know that they have to solve it. Now, whether they're doing it for biblical reasons or just political reasons so that they get reelected or whatever, right? That's up in the air, but right. At least it means something. My bar is that low. That's where my bar is right now. <laughs> because usually these people, these Republicans, bigger Republicans, are so not with us that they're usually against us. In this case, at least they're pretending to be with us. <laughs> and they're, yeah. they're kind of carrying yeah. through with it. So I'll take it. You know, I'll my bar is low at this point, so I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, and and we come to the discussion of again that incrementalism versus mm. um doing it full blown. And I can understand both arguments. Yeah. Because if if we look at the government is stealing through the use of social security, right? Mm. Yet if you totally ban that immediately tomorrow, mm. multiple um elderly people will not have the money to Yeah survive right yeah so security's not a biblical thing yeah correct but but we can't we can't like cut it out completely immediately right and it has to sort of be that incremental thing however this is one could say that this is murder so it's even more so you're killing something created by god Mm. in the image of god yeah and so it's not just an economic theory at this point it's right yeah yep so I I could see both arguments, and yep. there are very you know smart people, I should say, on both sides of the argument. So when it comes to the social or the uh, social security, is that what you mean? No, no, no. On incrementalism versus oh incrementalism. Okay. Yeah. yeah I yeah. got you. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. And. Yeah, I, I, and you know, just to, to give some context to my previous statement, what I, I don't mean that my bar is this low and that means it's okay. What I meant was I, my expectations are this low, right? Mm-hmm. I don't believe at all that this bill was right and good. I think it should be 
let's go all the way, you know, or explain to me explicitly, explain to me why you didn't. Don't go out there and make a press yeah. statement and act like you did. You went all the way. No, no, no. You, you clearly didn't. Right. Now explain to us why you didn't, you know? Um, right. But when I say the bar is low, I mean my expectations. <laughs> I don't expect much from Republicans any uh, anymore. Um, so that's that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Not that I think it's right. Not that I agree with him or side with him. But yeah. And and there is there is more I could go into in this oh, yeah. discussion. Yeah. But we don't really have the time. So yeah. if you want to hear more on this topic specifically on the discussion of inc- incrementalism versus I don't know what the other side is called, but <laughs> full blown, just like wait uh, until don't com- don't compromise that ap- ap- absolutism. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> um, if you want to hear more on that, send us messages, and yeah. we'll I can I can create a deep dive, and either Bruce can join me, or yep. you know I could yep. do it by myself. But yeah, send us send us a message if you want to hear a deep dive on this. Yep, yep, absolutely, sweet. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Appreciate it. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to cover, I have about five, let's see, six or seven minutes. <laughs> so I'm going to try and get through this. Um, so my headline is Biden administration to require abortion and sex change coverage on health plans. Catholic group warns. So in case you're wondering what that is, you're unfamiliar with that term, that's gender reassignment. Okay. Gender reassignment, whether that's surgery, whether that's injections, whether that's whatever, right? The transgendered movement is what this is talking about, okay? Uh, A little more in-depth, you know, a a legal group that assists Catholic employers uh, said it fears that fake President Joe Biden's administration, I added the fake, by the way, but it's totally true, uh, through the Department of Health and Human Resources, the HHS, could issue new regulations this month that would require health plans to pay for abortion and procedures for gender-confused individuals, end quote. So, okay, wow. Civil government is literally potentially requiring um, health, uh, let's see, health plans to pay for baby murder, murdering people that want to murder their own children, offer them to the false gods. Um, Is that bail at the mouth where you put the infant in the mouth? Yeah. Bail worship. Yeah. Yeah. Literally wants to subsidize and pay for parents, require people to pay if someone wants to kill their own child. Okay. And then also, um, if people want to mutilate their bodies or inject a substance into their body because they don't understand a biblical worldview on what God created them as and what their role is in society because of the way they were made. We have to pay for that as as hmm. taxpayers. So that's great. HHS released on March 31st two documents that endorsed the surgical and chemical mutilation of gender-confused children. Children! Children. Wow. Providing gender-affirming care is neither child maltreatment nor malpractice, one document claims. And it went on, there is no scientifically sound research showing negative impacts from providing gender-affirming care. It continued contradicting numerous experts by the way what that statement is from the hhs completely false completely and categorically false study after study after study after study has shown that these people generally after they get these surgeries michael knowles has done a fantastic job of breaking this down depression levels amongst transgendered people who mutilated their bodies thought they'd have a better life 
realized, oh, shoot, huh, it's not as great to sin as I thought it would be. <laughs> Isn't that the story? With all sin, it looks great. It looks shiny. And you do it, and you feel guilty. You, God pricks your heart. Or he doesn't prick your heart, and you have to live with it because you took it far, too far, right? And now you're living in it, and you realize, wow, this is horrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the administration also tried to require Christian healthcare facilities to perform sex change operations starting on May 2021, but federal courts have blocked the regulation and a similar one issued while President Obama was in office. So interesting. I'd be interested to see what happened uh, there. Is it possible our courts actually did something right for a change? Doubtful. So I'd like to see what's actually happening there. But this is what happens when the civil government, A, when the civil government reaches into areas where it has no business being, right? And B, when churches no longer preach a solidly Christian worldview. This all comes down to a worldview's problem. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You are created as male or female from, as Jake was talking about, you are created in the image of God from birth, right? You were created as male or female from birth. This is part of it. Deuteronomy 22.5, a woman shall not wear a, wo- a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment, uh, a, a woman's cloak. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. When you do not act like what God has created you, a man or a woman, when you do not fill the roles that he has created you, not only will your society collapse, but you personally are an abomination to God. And Proverbs is full of warnings to stay away from people who are abominations to God, but also warnings to those people. They set a trap for the, uh, uh, they, they seek to ensnare the innocent. And guess what? They end up falling into their own trap. They end up ensnaring themselves. And where ultimately will they end? In, in the pit of hell. That's where this is going. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And we talked about this last month with um, Greg, Dr. Greg Bonson's book. You know, this is a worldview issue. This is, not, this is not a scientific problem. This is not, oh man, new science has come out. No. No, this is a worldview issue. This is the Romans 1 passage. And actually, that's what I want to get into now. They, they have no excuse Romans chapter 1 verses 18 through 19 talks about this. They, they have no excuse, okay? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. That's Romans 1 verses 18 through 19. It's plain. It's shown. They know the truth but they are suppressing that truth and unrighteousness. That's what Romans 1 is talking about here. Romans 1 goes on to discuss where those who suppress the truth of God in unrighteousness will end up. Um, And it says they will become futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened, right? Claiming to be wise, they became fools. God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity. And since they did not see, see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not 
to be done. Like mutilating your own body. Like, did you think, Jake, did you think this was like something we'd be talking about like 10 years ago? <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> but this is where it goes. And we need to realize that this is not new. This is the, this is not something the Bible hasn't spoken to, right? Because yeah. we, our, our tagline is all of scripture for all of life, right? <laughs> Basically, it's our new tagline, right? The past couple of months with everything we've been studying, that should be our tagline as Christians. All of scripture for all of life. The Bible talks to all areas of life. This yeah. is not new. This has been done before. And guess what happens very soon to a nation where this is thriving, where this is the norm? Guess what's next? It ain't great. Two entire civilizations destroyed with fire and brimstone from heaven because of it. Look at what happened to Rome throughout history, the fall of Rome. All of this preceded that. This is judgment. This is God removing his restraining hand and letting our hearts do what they want to do, which is a scary, scary place to be when God is not restraining your mind, restraining your mind and restraining your heart. This is where they will go. Hmm. This is not a matter of opinion. This is not a matter of scientific discovery. This is sin. This is wrong. And it brings judgment on a nation. That's what we need to be preaching as Christians. That's what we need to understand. Now, does that mean we hate these people? Goodness, no. We should pity them. We should try to help them. Because they're going to a very dark place. Very quickly. And they're bringing a whole nation down with them. But we don't hate them but we do pity them. And, uh, you know, as Proverbs says, as we were talking about with um, Dr. Greg Bonson's book, you know, you, you answer a fool according to his folly. You show them where this goes. You show them this has been done throughout history, and you show them where it inevitably ends. This is where your folly will take you, to, to the destruction of your nation. So, all right. Anything you want to add there, Jake, before we move on? I know that was a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Doom oh, and gloom yeah. there, sorry. <laughs> I mean, what what a true statement as we find in the Bible. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Mm. Yep. You know? Yep. They as the as the current term is, trust the experts. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yep. They yep. they claim to know what they're talking about, but they they're fools. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And in really Again, and, and this is moving into almost every, into a lot of different areas that the left likes to bring up, or, or the the unbeliever likes to bring up, specifically, and it, because it's not just the left. It, it's that, um, oh, this is, this is different, you know, or this is new. <laughs> yep. yep. It isn't new. Mm. The Bible speaks to this. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's. Yeah, and especially that whole argument. Well, people were people were never um, not comfortable with with coming out before and expressing that they were this way, right? Like, oh, this is not. Now we have people that are open, and we have people that are, you know, finally willing to admit that this is how they are. It's like, um, no, this is something that is learned. This is a sin problem, a heart mm -hmm. issue. Some people, yes might are are more uh tendent they 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 have tendencies towards specific sins right so maybe some of these people were uh, they were going that way but if the society around them weren't letting them like 
wasn't that way, they would have straightened out eventually, right? But because our society is crumbling and now this is seen as okay, of course you're going to get more people acting this way because it's no longer penalized in society. And guess what? Our wicked hearts want to do that, right? That's where our wicked hearts will go. And when more and more people, what is the, um, uh, my son, when, when sinners consent, you know, entice thee, consent thou not, right? When you are surrounded by people, good, uh, uh, evil, what is that? It's in, uh, I think it's in Corinthians. Good, um, corrupts good morals. Bad company corrupts good morals, right? When you are surrounded by these people, consent thou not. You have a, you know, these people could go this way or could go this way, right? There's a, there's a, if they're not reined in by Christ, they're going to sin. That's what they do. This this whole like well more people are are open no 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 this this has been seen in the time of Rome this has been seen in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah when the society around them doesn't restrain it people can't restrain themselves <laughs> when they're not being taught the word of God they're not they can't you cannot restrain yourself God has to restrain you and when when you, when His restraining hand is removed this is what happens hmm. so. Well, that was a lot. We're kind of a little over time, so we got about twenty minutes to go through our literature segment. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Well, let's move into our literature of the month. Uh, we're talking about God and Government, Volume Two by Gary Damar. This week, we read chapters three and four in Volume Two, or you might hear me say thirteen and fourteen. It's just because our book is the bigger book, and it has it goes all the way through all three all three volumes in one book. So, I might say chapter thirteen. That means chapter three in Volume volume two so <laughs> um so you know i i focused a bit more on chapter three um this week I, I did read some of chapter four but i focused mainly on chapter three um and i wanted to talk a lot more about that but you know chapter four talks a lot about property management uh, or not management property ownership and what property means so i hear jake has a lot more to say about that which is cool um but uh super interesting so so check that out but you know i, I did want to kind of broach the subject start talking about sovereignty because that's what chapter three was 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 mainly about was sovereignty comes solely from god was one of the main points that i got from that sovereignty right but what is sovereignty right that's kind of a vague phrase well on on uh, let's see this was page 243 um gary damar actually defined it he said the noah web noah webster in his american dictionary of the english language in 1828 defines sovereignty this way. This was the definition from Noah Webster in 1828. Supreme power, supremacy, the possession of the highest power or of uncontrollable power, absolute sovereignty belongs to God alone. End quote. So I thought that was kind of cool. Like Noah Webster's, this was the dictionary, the English dictionary used across America. Absolute sovereignty belongs to God alone. Um, so I thought that was really neat. And then, you know, he, he said on page 243 that whoever claims sovereignty expects his subjects to govern his realm in terms of his law and name. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But before I go on, anything, Jake, that you'd like to bring up, add to the conversation? or um, Well, well, I mean, I guess this, this could fit. So it may go a little bit off topic. Yeah. It may veer a little bit away from exactly what you're talking go about. Go for it. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, this this specific um, uh, this specific quote 
which I really like, and you could possibly find it on a t-shirt later on. Ooh. But, um, the denial of one sovereign assumes the sovereignty of another. Mm. Um, this is, this is a topic that we have touched on a lot, but I, I want to have us think a little bit more specifically in government, you know, as, mm. as this book is, God and Government. <laughs> if, if the president or other officials deny that God is a sovereign... Oh, this is civil government. You're talking about right gotcha. yes i'm sorry i'm sorry no worries yes just little little poke <laughs> exactly exactly yeah and i i fell into that as well thinking <laughs> government was civil the only the civil yeah. yeah right right oh boy it's it's a societal problem we all say it exactly so. yeah it's all right we'll let it slide this one time <laughs> as long as you let me me slide when i inevitably say it too <laughs> yeah yeah but when if if the president or other officials deny that God is sovereign over civil government, then they are assuming something or someone else does have sovereignty. Mm, so yep. the myth of neutrality <laughs> will ultimately end in a different state-run religion, mm. as as we are seeing currently. Yep, they're they're not they're denying God as sovereign, but. They're agreeing that human reason hmm. is sovereign. Yep. You have to replace it with something. Yep. Exactly. Because there isn't... Yeah, it, it does get replaced, right? Yep. Say that quote one more time, because that was, that was really good. Sums this up really well. Yeah, and I don't... I could give you an exact page number if you really want it, but um, the denial of one sovereign assumes the sovereignty of another. Hmm. Right. Yep. So you deny God, you assume the sovereignty of a different religion. Yep. Right. And let's face it, it's going to be you. <laughs> yeah. It's going to yeah. be you and your worldview and your logic. Either it's man or it's God. Right. And it boils down. I mean, I forget what the passage is now. I'm forgetting the reference, but you know, but they worship man rather than the Creator. Really, ultimately, you're you're left with two options. You're either going to worship yourself and that could be a general you're going to worship the human being the creator the mind of man or you're going to worship god you can't have both it's one or the other yep yeah yeah great <laughs> that's a that's a really good quote that's a really good quote um you know what one thing i i wanted to talk about we're talking about society and how it's it's crumbling and collapsing right now and um you know on, on page 244 gary demar quoted this guy i've never i've never heard of him before or maybe i have and i just don't know because it's just his initials so maybe i do know him <laughs> um but it's nl rice is his name and uh his quote a little long but i i was like oh my goodness this is this is totally accurate this is a really good way of summing up our current condition but you know what he says is whatever the world now enjoys of civil and religious liberty it owes to the bible and christianity the progress of the principles of true liberty depends upon the progress of Christianity. Both the past history and the present state of the world justify this conclusion. So did, did you catch that? He, you know, he's saying, whatever we have, if we have liberty, it's because of the Bible. It's because of Christianity. Mm. It's because of Christ. Without those things, without that worldview, we wouldn't. We wouldn't have that. Uh, when people live consistently, and we talked about this with Greg Monson's book, you know, when people live consistently with their worldview of secular humanism, they can't account for freedom. 
When you live consistently in a worldview apart from Christ and apart from the Bible, you have no freedom. There's no freedom to be had because it doesn't exist in your worldview. It's not possible. Um, I've really liked this quote by N.L. Rice. So I thought that was really cool. Um, You know, and then page 246, Gary DeMar goes on and he says, only when men recognize the sovereign rule of God can true liberty be secured. So kind of going in with, you know, uh, Rice's statement there as, as well, which I thought was really neat. Um, so I have a, a couple more quotes in sovereignty, but, but, you know, maybe I'll jump down to dominion, but was there anything that you wanted to add to the sovereignty, what we're talking about with sovereignty before I moved on? No, I, I guess okay. not. We can, we can move on to dominion and I, I but I, I do have a lot to say about dominion. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I will say less then. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, kind of moving into dominion of God over the earth, right? The Bible, so this is page 247, the Bible makes it clear that God has called his people to go forth in his name under his authority to exercise dominion for the extension of Christ's kingdom, right? That's that's our job right now as Christians. That's what Matthew 28 was calling us to do. You know, go therefore, because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Christ, go therefore, make disciples of the nations, baptizing them, right? Bible makes it clear that God has called his people to go forth in his name under his authority to exercise dominion for the extension of Christ's kingdom. So that kind of kind of sets the sets the mood for this conversation. Um, go ahead and take it away. Throw in a few quotes and <laughs> love to hear your your perspective. What would you get from these chapter 13 about this? Yeah, so this this could actually probably take up the last of the 15 minutes. So <laughs> if you want to throw give me, in give whatever. Give me 5 minutes. Give me 5 minutes. <laughs> okay. All right. Um so I won't specifically read out the two verses, but in in beginning to go into this, um, you can look up First Chronicles 2911, hmm. which talks about oh, God's dominion. I have that. That's awesome. Yep. And then Romans 1136. Ooh, nice. Um, and so if you want to look those up. Say them again, um, just so people know. First Chronicles 2911. Mm-hmm. And then Romans 11.36. Nice. So, moving on. God calls us to rule over the people and to subdue the earth, as we see in Genesis. Hmm. We can abuse this dominion mandate in two ways. First, is denying that Christians are obligated to keep it. Hmm. Just Um, flat-out denial that we actually have to do that. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah. Ugh. And and the second is that Christians are sinners as well as well, mm. and will forget the call to care for the earth. Mm. For example, how Israel did not let the earth earth rest for seven oh, years. Yeah. That was really interesting. And exactly. And, you know, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt. I'm, I feel horrible. No. But yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> what was really interesting was in early America we saw that too. You know, uh, the Native Americans were doing that, and we were like, "What are they doing?" Right? <laughs> but they were actually like giving the land rest. And that, that's part of the dominion mandate is that we, we look at those sorts of things. You know, God has set rules on this earth. Um, nature's, uh, nature and nature's God, right? The laws of nature and nature's God was a common phrase used in the writing of the, the constitution and all of that. And that's what it's referring to. You know, God has created this world yeah. in an orderly way. Um, yeah. And, and working within that and having stewardship over that is a big part of dominion. Yeah. Sorry, Jake, go ahead. Yeah, and and I mean this this speaks to another topic of that the 
again, speaks to the topic of we find in Romans 1, that the the unbeliever knows the truth, right? Mm. They, they tout the yep. whole, the religion of... Um, global warming, right? And and they, they, they want to care for the earth, which right. is a biblical principle, but they do it in the wrong way, Yeah. right? Yeah. So they, they have, they know the truth that they want to protect the earth, right? But they do it wrong. Mm. That's their claim, and, yeah. Right, and, and, and another more, more current example um, from, from Israel, I mean, this is going back, so more current than Israel, um, it would can be found in the south, and how it would plant cotton year after year, which hurt the soil by depleting its nitrogen. Hmm. They they failed to um, they failed to you know move away and plant uh, cotton somewhere else, and so it depleted the nitrogen in the land, meaning they couldn't grow cotton in, in there anymore. Yep, and yep. It hurt the earth, right? Um, but then moving on, <laughs> gotta move quickly. <laughs> I got you. I, I'll give you about um, a minute more. <laughs> oh boy. Um, DeMar brings to light the order in which Christ calls us to take dominion. And this is, this can be found in the great commission. And I quote, Jesus's command to his church was to preach the gospel, regeneration, hmm. and make disciples of all the nation training for dominion. Bringing the world under the sway of his law world. Mm. True word, sorry, law word. <laughs> tool of dominion, yeah. right? Even though God calls us to first evangelize, Gary DeMar, and, and we, we see that, Jesus' command to, to, to his church to preach the gospel, go out and evangelize, calls us to first evangelize. Gary DeMar emphasizes the fact that evangelism <clears throat> is not just a conversation. Hmm. He states the fact that if you just have conversations with sinners, they will get the impression that they have been saved for his, for, oh, sorry, they have been saved for the, his own sake rather than for hmm. the Lord's sake. Yeah, so kind of getting into the whole evangelism, which is the next topic that I want to discuss here, um, yeah. which that's that's really good. I love that segue too. you kind of moved right into that because that is part of the dominion mandate is mm -hmm. this evangelism um do you want to move right into that did you have anything to add to dominion specifically before we moved on we got about 10 minutes left go ahead um but then i would like to move into my chapter 14 okay. or chapter 4 discussion of cool. I'll property try keep it to like five minutes <laughs> um yeah okay so so you know one of the things that uh that he mentioned was on page 254, you know, DeMar said, unless Christians actively oppose ideas which energize contrary movements, hostile principles will dominate the world and impede Christian dominion. And so that, that kind of goes right into evangelism. And, you know, my, my takeaway from the evangelism portion was that evangelism is a tool for the kingdom. It's a tool, but it's not the end goal of the church, right? Evangelism is a tool but it's not the end goal of the church, okay? And this is uh, that same quote that Jake was mentioning from page 255. You know, the Christian's first task is to bring the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to men and women who are in need of personal dominion, subduing the, uh, the desires of a rebellious heart and will. That's the church's first task is to do that. Um, but 
we also have to understand that this is a quote from two, you know, page 256 that says, evangelism should never be limited to conversion. Regeneration certainly must be the first step, but by limiting evangelism to conversion, the newly redeemed sinner often receives the impression that he has been saved for his own sake rather than for the Lord's sake. And that's what Jake was just discussing earlier, you know. Sorry, I may have gotten that word wrong. I have, for some reason, I have written down conversation. Oh, okay. Um, but you're conversion. right. It's, it's conversion, not conversation. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Yep, yep. <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, but, you know, what, what, that's, what that's talking about is why were you saved? You know, that, that mm. gets to the point of this. And unfortunately, what we hear from a lot of churches today, when they talk about evangelism and preaching the gospel, all they talk about is personal sanctification. You're saved just for yourself, just for your own soul? Or were you saved to now, instead of being a slave to sin, now you're a slave to Christ, right? So it's not just for your own sake that you were saved. It's so that now you are a servant of God to do his will on this earth and make this world his kingdom, right? You now take on the duties of the Christian name that you bear, right? When you bear Christ's name, that's not to be taken lightly. That's not just for your own salvation. Well, that's a huge part of it. And while you can't do any of the other things that he's called you to do, unless you have that salvation, you need a changed and regenerated heart first. I cannot overstate that. I don't want to diminish that. That's not my intention. And that's not Gary DeMar's intention either. It's vitally important that you have a regenerated heart. But then what do you do now that you, how then should we now live, right? What do we do now that we've been saved, right? Our life is now not our own, but belongs to our precious Savior, Jesus Christ. That's question one of the Heidelberg Catechism, right? You know, we live for Christ now. And so our outlook on life is different. You know, so, so Gary DeMar, I'm going to bring that up again, page 256. What he said is evangelism, evangelism should never be limited to conversion. Regeneration certainly must be the first step, like I was just saying, right? But by limiting evangelism to conversion, the newly redeemed sinner often receives the impression that he has been saved for his own sake rather than for the Lord's sake, right? We were created here. Uh, what's the um, shorter, Westminster Shorter Catechism? You know, I think it's the first one. We were created to glorify God and enjoy him forever, mm-hmm. right? Yes. That is our, that is our purpose here, to glorify God. That's where, why we were created. And, and what is the chief saved. end of man? Chief end of man. There you go. Thank you. I was forgetting the question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. So it's important that we have that right view of evangelism, right? It's the starting point. It's the beginning of a new life. It's not the end goal of the church. The church yeah. then has to tell us how to live now that we've been saved. We can't just keep talking about You've been saved. You've been saved. We've been saved. We've been saved over and over and over. We now have to move on. Okay, we've been saved. Now I need the food, right? It's like a, a newborn baby. Right. It's like, you're born. You're born. You are born. You are born. <laughs> like, if that's all they ever heard their whole life, you are a newborn. Yeah. Are they going to grow? Are they going to actually be a person? Are they going to grow into anything at all? No. They need food. They need nourishment. They need now right. to be treated as a new baby that then grows into an adult, right? So, yep. sorry, that's five minutes. That's my time. I'm going to see <laughs> the next five minutes to you. We might go two or three minutes over time, but that's fine. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, this is a very interesting topic in talking about yeah. <laughs> um, property and and inheritance. Specific, uh, both both of the um, both of the two primarily um, two topics found in chapter four or fourteen is is the is property and inheritance. I'm going to talk a little bit about inheritance, but mainly on property. And Gary Demar, in talking about dominion. In talking about the Dominion Command, shows that property tax is unbiblical. And I'll get into this. Hold on. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> because God calls us to have dominion over the earth, and that is primarily accomplished through the family. The federal government is not allowed to own the land of a family that is not, and is not allowed to tax the land of a family. Mm. And, and here is my quote to back up this point. Since the family is the primary institution whereby the Dominion Covenant is to be executed, laws were given to protect the property of families. The Jubilee Laws of Leviticus 25 ensured a family that it would, we, would always have land so that Dominion could be exercised. Property could not be taxed. Gary DeMar goes even further, showing that even Karl Marx understood the position mm. God gave to the family. Oh, this was really and, good. Yeah. And so he wanted to get rid of individual ownership so that the dominion of the earth could not be accomplished. Karl Marx's first commandment was the um, abolition of property in land and application of all rents of land to public purposes. <laughs> Yep. So basically, he wanted the government to own all the land and for the private people to rent from the government. Does that sound Mar familiar? Yeah. <laughs> you will yeah. own nothing and be happy about it? Exactly. <laughs> Klaus Schwab's... Uh, right? Yeah. 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 And in... Sorry, I, I meant to say that um, Karl Marx's for, very first commandment in his communist manifesto. Mm. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> this is what we're and, dealing with here. We're, we've we've reached this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ugh. And Mark goes. Marx goes on to specifically attack the biblical ideal of inheritance by abolishing all right of inheritance. Mm. Right. So yep. you can't leave something behind for your children. Yeah, which is directly against what the Bible talks about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and. That's that's where I'll end it there. You know, um, oh. I could I could go on into um, talking about communism, but <laughs> I, I think I think we kind of know that communism is unbiblical. <laughs> yeah. If you if you need more proofs, go to the middle or end of chapter four, and you'll you'll find the proofs there. Hmm. Yeah. Um, or hey, if you want us to talk more about communism. And talk about Karl Marx and how that is evil. Like, it's not just a different way of doing things. No, no, no. That's that's evil. If you want us mm -hmm. to talk more about that, send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. <laughs> right. And right. Uh, we might do a deep dive on it. Or we might save that on our list of topics to bring up in our new segment that we're going to talk about next week. There we go. Turn everything into a segue. Uh, I want... Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I said I wasn't going to talk anymore. No, about go that. ahead, talk more. <laughs> We've got two minutes. Um, uh, one last quote that I want to leave you with is, first of all, talking about the Exodus 15, sorry, yeah, 
Exodus 20, 15. There we go. Mm. Thou shall not steal. <laughs> Gary DeMar points out that, and I quote, one cannot steal something unless there is a prior owner. Yes. Oh, that's good. Yep. Right? Yep. So, simply put, ownership on an individual level is a protected right by God. Yep. Yep. And Spot on. And, and that, that goes for property. Right? Yep. Too. Yep. Spot so. on. Dude. I love it. I love it. Um, all right. Well. I do want to leave you also with a quote. <laughs> and we're getting some major sun here in South Dakota, so you might notice a little bit of glare on my camera. It's okay. It's nice, though. It's a cool effect. I like it. <laughs> nice and bright here. It looks like, oh, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and the podcast listeners are like, man, those people are crazy. <laughs> what are they talking about? <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I do want to leave you with one quote. And this is something to consider when you are talking to fellow Christians. And they come to the topic of evangelism, okay? Uh, yeah, I know I'm taking it back to evangelism, but I do want to leave you with this note. Jake left you with a quote. I'm going to leave you with a quote too. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this is a quote from Rush Dooney, RJ Rush Dooney. If you haven't heard of him before, you got to go look him up. I think I think Gary DeMar has a bunch of his books on AmericanVision.org. Um, I think. Don't quote me on that. But um, look up RJ Rush Dooney amazing works some really cool stuff but there was a quote that uh, Gary DeMar included from him on page 256 and it says man is not saved merely to enjoy heaven but to serve the Lord with all his heart mind and being Matthew 22 verses 35 through 40 and his neighbor as himself this means seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness our salvation thus has a purpose beyond ourselves it is the kingdom of God and our service to him end quote so um all right anything that you'd like to add jake before we wrap things up no nope. all right dude thanks so much for uh like all of those awesome observations breaking down you know um all that stuff that's happening with the abortion uh the baby murder stuff too that that's really good to to break down so glad you're able to dig into that so all right, and that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all so, so much for uh, joining us today, whether you are watching us or listening to us. Don't forget, go to trdshow.net, sign up for an account. If you want to get some free merch right here, like a mug with this logo and cool text and all this really neat stuff, you know, you can do that. You can get this mug for free. Not this mug, because this, this is my mug. You don't get my mug. But you get a mug that looks like <laughs> looks like my mug. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And because uh, property ownership is a real thing, right? We can own property. So this this is my mug. All right. Uh, <laughs> no Klaus Schwab. You don't get to have my mug. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but if you if you want a version of that, you can go to trdshow.net slash refer and sign up for our referral program. If you refer, I think it's 17 people. We might be lowering that number too. Um, if we get enough requests, we haven't gotten any requests to lower it. You know, I'm just saying, if you want us to lower that number, Send us some emails. Uh, that's not out of the question. Not, not out of the realm of possibility. TRDshow.net. Sign up for an account and uh, get some free stuff. And uh, until then, we will see you in the next episode. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do as unto the Lord. <laughs>